0: Hi, I'm Lucy Adams from Disruptive HR. Welcome to one of our podcast series where you'll hear from HR practitioners who are genuinely doing things differently. If you're looking to change your HR practices, then why not check out the Disruptive HR Club? It's got tons of videos, webinars and downloadable guides that will give you all the ideas and practical help you'll need. Check it out at www.disruptivehr.club. So hello and welcome to another podcast from Disruptive HR and normally with these we kind of interview people who are in and around the HR profession who are doing things differently but today's slightly different um, because I'm actually talking to my mate. Hello. (laughs) You have to say that, I'm your mate. No, you are my mate, you are my mate. Um, whether you like it or not. And also, my business partner, Karen. So, we've just thought actually it might be quite useful to pick up on just some of the questions we get around changing performance management. Because it's still probably the number one area, isn't it? Where it does seem HR to be. Are, are trying to do things differently. Um, yeah, I don't know why that is. I just sometimes wonder whether
1: we're just sort of over it of thinking that it's a process. And performance management, when you really think
0: about what you're trying to do, it's just good leadership, not a process. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's because our starting point is we need a new system. Yeah. Um, because we've been so geared up to record performance measure performance as opposed to focusing on improving performance and if we're trying to find different ways of recording and measuring we end up kind of back at square one don't we wow. whereas actually what we're trying to do really is improve performance we're trying yeah. to get managers to have better conversations and if you start with that outcome then you don't end up with a system no um i just think that we're seeing definitely finally a lot of change yes you know i think when you and i started disruptive hr probably oh god it's six years now yeah probably seven can it six years um i think that we it was really unusual you know, people were there. Were some companies doing it, but they tended to be the outliers, the slightly wackier ones. Yeah. Uh, smaller companies that were just maybe starting up. And whereas now, I think you know, in every sector we're seeing it, aren't we? Whether it
1: yeah.
0: be, I mean, we had an um, investment bank talking to us recently about it. You know, retail, pharmaceuticals. I mean, whatever. You know, I think it, it's happening. It's I no longer than it is
1: happening, but I think what we're still seeing now, even sort of six years on, is it's the things like oh, we've dropped ratings, you know, and then nothing else really has changed, or we've got, or still, you know, we've managed to get it onto one page, or um, you know, we get having regular conversations. Oh, but we still do have an annual appraisal, yeah, so it's yeah. it, there is some good stuff happening, but I don't think people are literally starting from scratch and saying what is it we're trying to achieve and how would we get there
0: yeah. that doesn't involve yeah, you're right you're right what start with doing is kind of what can we let go yeah as opposed to starting from what's the outcome we're trying to achieve and what could this look like they try and dismantle it it's a bit like um you were talking to a client um recently weren't they weren't you about changing their leadership competency framework and if you start from a question a point of what can we let go what can we drop actually it's really hard because everyone's got a view about what needs to be in there whereas if you start from what is it we're trying to achieve um then you can come at it with a real freshness let's just kind of have a look at what the key changes are that we're seeing so you mentioned the no ratings yes and that's the kind of no-brainer isn't it you know, the idea that if we rate someone out of five, if I was to tell you that you were a two, you know, what does that actually do for your performance? Um, And we also know that managers suffer from rater bias, not because they're bad human beings or bad managers, but just because they're human. Yeah. And we all suffer from rater bias. So dropping that, as a, as a starting point, I think makes absolute sense because you're then moving out of trying to categorize, assess, judge um, retrospective performance and starting to move more into what could it look like, what's the future, how are you doing, et cetera. So, what are the other trends that you're seeing? So I think
1: a big one is employee owned. So the employee taking ownership for their own performance, their own development, asking for feedback, Um, rather than it being kind of a set you know this happens at certain times of the year so it's feeling very much driven by the
0: employee from day one that they're and that makes total sense doesn't it that if I'm a manager and I've got 12 people in my team and I'm having to think right well I'll have a a one-to-one with them and then another one with them and you've got 12 people to think about and you'll end up doing it in kind of blocks and everybody will get the same frequency and the same amount of time and of course, in reality, life's not like that. You know, you we know that we've had people in our team that needed a lot more handholding, a lot more um, frequent check-ins and others just were really comfortable just to be kind of left alone and perhaps, you know, even once a month, once a quarter. Yeah. So I think that employees driving the frequency It's funny, isn't it? We often hear um, HR leaders say, you know, we we've uh, moved to frequent conversations and there's got to be it's got to be done a minimum of 12 times a year. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the managers will do. They'll do it 12 times a year rather than thinking about. What do my employees need? But I think sometimes managers will say, well, what if they don't ask for one? What if they don't, you know, so how, how, what techniques are you seeing for kind of Moving to that where you can help your employees yeah
1: it is and I know it is difficult obviously from day one it helps if you're recruiting them in and saying we expect you to take the lead on this and obviously that's helpful if they've been with you for a long time and they're used to that more parental relationship then it is hard but what I've seen work really well we were working with this games company and what the managers did was They worked with the team to say, right, from now on, you're in charge. I'm here to support you and coach you. You tell me how often you want to meet with me, depending on what's going on for you. and uh, But to make it easier... Because I know some of you will be shy or worrying about, you know, taking up my time. These are the dates in the diary. So I'm keeping Thursday morning and Friday afternoon completely free for you, the team. So book yourself in a check-in, guilt-free. I think that kind of tops. free check-in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because it is, everybody is different, aren't they? And I and yeah. I know that personally, you know, obviously you were my line manager for a long time. I would have felt like, oh God, I can't really, she's so busy, I can't take up her time. So if you were saying to me, you know, Karen, I've left Thursday afternoon free for check-ins, I'm much more likely to go, oh, I will book yeah. one in
0: yeah so I think or even uh, just whatsapping the team and just say just a reminder if you want to check in just let me know it's really important I'm not going to chase you for it but just let me know when you want one
1: yeah and I think very much getting if you want the employee to own it which is a good idea is saying you know come to me with an agenda and things you want to talk about because I can remember working with this organization that were trying to bring in sort of more continuous conversations and the manager saying god it was hard enough doing it once a year and now you're (laughs) telling me I might have to do it like once a week and I said but what are you actually having to do because if that person is coming to you you know all you've got to do is rock up you know yeah. you you don't have to have like a written agenda and you yeah. know writing up my feedback on you for the last week you're just showing up and saying you know what do you want to talk about or what's going on what are you working on how can i help um anything else you want to talk about um so that you're not having to do loads of extra work because you can free up then your time to just be there for them yeah um and so if we've all taken this and i can remember god i worked at Nokia. I mean this is going back in the 80s showing my age (laughs) and they even then they expected every individual to own their own performance management so they were that was really progressive it was very progressive but of course it means then you've only got you to worry about your objectives your agenda and the manager is not having to think about you know 20 different people's uh, workloads so I think that's also nice for the manager to hear that they're not going to have to do extra work as such they've just got
0: to be there and one of the things we get asked about sometimes isn't it it's like well you know if it's a frequent conversation and it's you know just very informal uh, what happens if it's not documented and then you get a problem with that person and yeah um, you know and I think we we've always been very clear on this it's like if you've got a problem person document the hell out of it course you know I mean god don't don't you can deviate in approach you can use a risk-based approach to it can't you you know and obviously we know that sometimes you've got a real you've got a tough battle coming up with that individual it's probably not going to end well you're going to make sure you make notes of all the conversations yeah but that's that's the minority isn't it hopefully (laughs) (laughs) um and, uh, and I think this myth about, well, if we, if we don't document things and how will people know what they've got to do, I was talking to a client yesterday and they're doing much more frequent objective setting reviews in teams and there's no, nobody's writing it down in terms of a formal record, but of course people are making a little note if it's something that they've got to remember, or they've got to, you know, they've got to ask somebody else about, or so it's, it's it's kind of natural isn't it but it doesn't have to be written on a form and submitted to HR or no collected centrally because we you know we've never done anything with them anyway have we no maybe I think when I was in learning and development we used to go
1: through them hoping to get a glimmer of (laughs) any development needs so we could do our menu of training courses in response
0: (laughs) but no then we've got this issue of um of kind of helping managers and you just talked about a bit then is like don't overcomplicate it um we've seen clients haven't we who've provided loads of training manuals and you know all the forms etc for managers but i do think sometimes just giving them some clues some tips some openings some questions that they can start with yeah and making sure that they're focused on asking questions rather than task allocation and judging and assessing but just to kind of give them some some show them what good looks like really and yeah. I think that can help yeah I mean
1: you, we all know don't we if we're with a manager that's just that's asking us questions or showing an interest often that's enough isn't it yeah. for us to then drive what it is we want to get out of the conversation you know yeah. it's kind of an adult to adult relationship.
0: Um, now we yeah. started talking there about um, how we can help managers do it differently. What um, what are you seeing work? What are you, what are what are your clients doing at the yeah. moment that's working well?
1: I would say definitely the nudges. So we talk about these nudges. So the example we give the Google Whisper, where you're just making one suggestion to them about a, a little question they or something they could say in a check in. Um, again, it's back to this problem about it not being a process. And whenever we talk about the fact that managers should be having conversations about, you know, the everyday check-in, the career conversation, the appreciation, uh, you know, all those other things, they see it as like this linear, okay, so now I've got to sit down and have a career conversation. And now I've got to sit down and have an appreciation. And it's like, it's not separate (laughs) conversations. It's your toolkit of when it's the right moment, to be able to, in a check-in, say... Let's just have a look. five minutes thinking about you and your career and your aspirations and, you know, things that you're learning at the moment or, or anything that you might I can help you with in terms of where you want to go with your career or something you're really keen on finding more about so that it becomes much more casual. So I think those nudges are really helpful to kind of go, why don't you try with your team in their check in asking this question? Yeah. So just uh, one
0: or two suggestions.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think they really like that. Yeah. I think um, the clinics, again, you know, I we talk about the role of HR business partners and you know this is not leaving it down to the LD team. This is HR business partners should be spending as much time as they can on upskilling managers to be better leaders. And so holding clinics, I see works really well. And We've got a number of clients that are doing that successfully. You know, you're getting managers in a room for half an hour, lunch and learn and saying, right, we're going to talk about how to have a difficult conversation. Yeah. Just talk about it. You don't need to be an expert. Um, Just start
0: having the conversation. So I I think think sometimes HR people worry that they need to be presenting to them. Yeah. It needs to be content rich, whereas actually this is about facilitating a conversation where they can learn from each other. As much as they can learn from us. Yeah. So, you know, um, the, one of our clients has got something called Manager Club, which I really like. Mm. And it, it literally is just managers come together and they talk about what's going on for them, but it's they help each other out. Yeah. So they'll say, Oh, I had a situation like that last week, and this is how I dealt with it, and this went well, that didn't go quite so well. And at that point, HR can then step in and suggest other things that they do. So I think this kind of nudging, um, the clinic side providing them with examples of what good looks like, some questions that they can ask, yeah. rather than focusing on um, a big training programme. Yeah, um, and I think focusing the, on the, process. The,
1: the short learning, so an example of your, you know, we do the five-minute Monday, which is for our club members on a topic. So every Monday they get a video of Lucy doing five minutes on a topic. Something like that is every manager will have the time to take four or five minutes out of yeah. their day, and if yeah. ju- if it's just one thing they get out of that video that makes them think, oh, I might, I'm going to try that, um, then I think our job is done. You know, it, it works so well. So I think, yeah. and if you can create this community, as you said, on now with online, you know, we're seeing people that are making use of MS Teams, of Slack, of Facebook Workplace, where you've got leaders in a community ideally sharing content with each other so you know oh uh this marcus buckingham video i really like they're much more likely to listen to each other than they are
0: us. (laughs) sadly this this is still true so i think let's just wrap it up by kind of thinking if you're thinking about making changes to performance management maybe we can kind of share some tips about um how you go about doing it because uh first of all don't do a big implementation plan, mass rollout, we would suggest identify a few managers that are maybe a bit frustrated with how are things going at the moment, dislike the current system, or they're a bit curious about how it could work and just pilot something. So get permission from your parent company if you need to, just to try something out Mm. and pilot it. It doesn't have to be perfect, just give it a go, Um, try with a few managers, Start providing them with the tools that we've talked about, the clinic, Um, maybe rebrand it a little bit. You know, we love the fact that, you know, Hearst Publishing rebranded theirs career conversations because it just sounded so much nicer than um performance reviews. Um IBM call theirs, Checkpoint, checkpoint, I think, don't they? Yeah. So just kind of think about how you might market it, pilot it, minimum viable product, right? So just go with something that is enough. For you to get some feedback about how it's working what they like what they don't like what extra support they might need get your pilot managers together get your pilot employees together um, but also I think sometimes that what can be helpful is have a starting point of we talked about what you're trying to achieve and emphasize the fact that you're not trying to record measure grade performance, you're trying to improve performance. So have that as a goal. And then also, how do you want people to feel as a result? So we had one client who uh, did this exercise where they said, how do we want people to feel when they're going through the performance management process, whatever it becomes? And what came back was, we want them to feel lifted up. Mm -hmm. And I really like that, that kind of lifted up in terms of ambition, motivation, skills. And then they looked at their current process and they were like, this is never going to live." Yeah, I don't think I've ever felt
1: lifted up, even even in conversations
0: with you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So think about how you want them to feel. Um, Keep it simple. Go with some early adopters. Think about how you're remarketing, rebranding this. Be really clear about what you're trying to achieve um, rather than recording and grading. Um, and then just give it a go yeah you know I don't think it has to be this kind of big thing just try it just try it out and see what you feel uh see how it goes um anything else that we should have covered when we've been talking we didn't about talk about management? um team uh, oh, so I think yeah, that's a big like, part
1: of performance management whatever we call it um is is kind of team because we know that we work best as teams, mm. uh, we deliver things together, yeah. and often the performance management has been very separate. It's all about, in order for me to win, you have to
0: lose. You know, I and want. It's to be also about off. this cascade of of objectives from yeah. the top down to each individual, and yeah. which kind of really doesn't make a huge amount yeah. of sense very often.
1: So, I think an organization having some key goals obviously is really important. Each team knowing their their role in meeting those goals and what that looks like for them and whether you use OKRs or whatever you want to use. And then all the tasks that fall out of that are going to be with individuals. But as a team, you're talking about them. So you feel very joined up. You can change them, say, no, you don't need to work on that anymore. Our priorities have changed. We're going to all work on this. And we're
0: seeing, aren't we, organisations like Patagonia, like Spotify, who are really focused on that regular um updating again not necessarily formally submitted but just this regular review changing the frequency of objective setting away from annual quarterly um to much more like real life yeah and and also this role of the leader in reviewing performance not telling people how they've done but actually starting with a criticism of themselves yeah and saying, I wish I'd done this differently, which in turn makes it okay for people to critique their own performance. And if you haven't got a grade or a rating at the end of it, that does tend to drive uh, people being much more self-critical uh, in a good way. You know, I wish I'd done this differently. What did we learn? Um, how could we have, um, improve it next time? So you begin to factor into your team meetings, not just the review, the objective setting, but but also. That continuous improvement, innovation as a result. I think that probably covers it, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, simple. It sounds so easy. <laughs> of course, it's not easy. We know that performance <laughs> yeah. reviews are deep-rooted, yeah. very often intertwined with bonuses and LD and various other things, and promotion and talent management. But I think you're right. I mean, we started off by saying we probably overcomplicate this and and I think we we can just strip it right back to what did we want when we set out with these awful performance management systems is we wanted managers to have a conversation. So instead of trying to compensate and make them do that, it's actually helped them to do that better by stripping away the process. Okay, well, I think we'll leave it there. All all right. Lovely chatting to you. Nice chatting to you, Back on my work. <laughs> See you later. See you I soon. Care. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more resources to help you change HR, check out the Disruptive HR Club at www.disruptivehr.club.